0: Today is the third Sunday after Trinity Sunday, and the gospel reading appointed for this day is taken from St. Luke's Gospel, the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. It is right that in the collect appointed for today we pray to God as the protector of all that trust in Thee, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy. For St. Peter teaches us in the epistle reading appointed for today that we need such a divine protector because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom He may devour. If we did not have the Lord for our protector, from whence would deliverance from such an adversary possibly come? The Lord God sought us, found us, and saved us through Christ our Lord. The beginning of Luke, the 15th chapter, gives us the context for our understanding the gospel which we have heard. St. Luke records, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. and The Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Last Sunday, as we heard the words from Luke, the 14th chapter, we heard the cry of one such Pharisee who exclaimed in the presence of Jesus, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. The Pharisee had invited Jesus to eat with them on the Sabbath, but they had done so for a reason. We're told in Scripture, they watched him closely. They ate with Jesus so that they could find a reason to bring an accusation against him. And now we hear the substance of their accusation. And it's about who Jesus is eating with. There is something truly bizarre about this. They wanted Jesus at their table so that they could accuse him. But they assume the worst concerning Jesus' life and doctrine when they see who else he's eating with. Now, the Lord knows the hearts of all men. Therefore, Jesus knew perfectly all those who came to him. St. Luke tells us that there was a seeking for the word which moved the tax collectors and sinners. For we read, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. There is not an idle curiosity here at work, but an active seeking after the word. They are not there for signs and wonders, but to hear Jesus. The Pharisees judged Jesus because of those who were eager to hear the gospel not realizing that they took nothing away from the Lord's reputation by what they said. Instead, the Lord, who will judge the nations at the end of the world, told them three parables, two of which are included in today's gospel reading. In the parable of the hundred sheep and the parable of the ten silver coins, we find a conceptual similarity. There is a number of completeness, a hundred sheep, ten coins, from which something is lacking. The sheep is missing, the coin is missing, and therefore the one who has responsibility for them seeks them out. The shepherd seeks out the lost sheep. The woman of the house seeks out the lost coin. And both are diligent in their search and rejoice in their successful endeavor. The triumphant shepherd calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. The woman, having swept the house and carefully searched the home, finds the coin, and she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I lost. It's worth pausing for a moment to consider the matter of agency in these parables. The inanimate coin didn't get itself lost. The woman readily declares that she was the one who lost track of it. Coins do not wander away on their own, so if it's lost, it must be lost in account of one who acts. The woman declares herself to be the one who lost the coin. The lost sheep's a different matter. The sheep was lost. Unlike coins, sheep tend to wander away. They don't stay put. Coins don't look for greener pastures. Sheep do. And thus we see that the greater degree of agency, that is, being capable of acting, the more the subject under consideration gets itself into trouble and must be delivered. Now, let's consider also the value of what's at stake. How much is a sheep worth? The value fluctuates a great deal, I'm sure, but in any age, not particularly much. The man who still has 99 sheep still seems fairly secure in his holding. Asking how much a silver coin is worth is a bit dicier for a point of consideration. Denarius, after all, was the measure of a day's wage, so not a trivial sum, and 40 pieces of silver was the price of a slave. So a silver coin could have some value to it, but how much was it worth, really? Now, what we see in both of these situations is that the one who has found that which is lost seems to have, uh, what appears to be, a disproportionate reaction to finding the thing which was lost. The point is not the value of a lost sheep or a coin. Rather, the point is the joy which is known in heaven over the recovery of that which was lost. Thus, when we have heard of the sheep, Jesus says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And when we have heard of the coin, Jesus says, Likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Therefore, the point is not in the inherent value of sheep or coins, but the preciousness of repentant sinners in the eyes of the triune God. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God. There is joy in heaven over sinners who repent. But why did Jesus say this? Because there was not rejoicing among the Pharisees over sinners who repent. It brings us back to the point of their resentfulness over the fact that Jesus was receiving repentant tax collectors and other notorious public sinners. The repentance of sinners was seen by the Pharisees as an occasion for bringing an accusation against Jesus. And this leads us to a consideration of the third parable of Luke chapter 15, that is the parable of the prodigal son. We read therefore, beginning with verse 11, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Here we are informed of the full character of this young man's fall, from his contemptuous treatment of his father and brother, to his wastefulness, to his degradation, such that he was reduced to caring for ritually unclean animals. Finally, the one who had had all of the privileges of being a son Desired only to be received in his father's house, even if it was only as a servant. Jesus declared, And he arose and came to his father, and when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fad calf here and kill it, and let's eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. It should be noted that the words of repentance are spoken by the son, but the notion of him becoming a servant departs. It doesn't confuse the parable So there's no notion of any worthiness through our pledges or oaths or work. The sinner makes confession, and his father rejoices. Now, the teaching point here becomes clearer in the interaction between the two sons from this point. For we read, beginning with verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. As he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother is come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Here we hear the resentment of the Pharisees, who imagined themselves to be without fault or sin, and to appeal to their many, many works. But they were sinners, and their works were without merit, for their hearts were far from God. They should have been relying on the Christ. Instead, they sought to judge him. For their works were in vain. No work can save man, save for that work which Christ Jesus accomplishes. The rebuke of the father is Christ's answer to the Pharisees, for we read, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Indeed, hearing the words of the parable, one is left more concerned for the son who could not bring himself to rejoice as brother's repentance, than for the brother who fell and was restored. We know the way in which the devil roams the world seeking our destruction. It was thus that St. Peter wrote, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. When we have been humbled by the reality of our own unworthiness, that we have ourselves been down there with the pigs in the mud, then the shame of the knowledge of transgression should bring us back to the Lord in true repentance. In the gospel, what has been recovered is that which had been lost. It had been in the possession of the shepherd, the woman, the father, and then was lost. Now it has been restored. The son could not restore himself to his father's house, but how eagerly his father runs to him to gather him in. This is the way of a Christian's repentance and restoration. The one who casts all our sin into the depths of the sea freely absolves those who have been washed in the font and are restored to repentance when they have strayed. For the impenitent, there is still the need that they would repent if they are to be delivered out of death, for they are not free as yet from the devil's jaws. But for those who have been delivered through repentance, we proclaim the salvation which is ours in Christ Jesus, who died to make atonement for sin. The one who died for sinners is the one who eats with them. The risen Christ invites us to eat of his body and to drink of his blood and thus feast in the kingdom of God. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all that trust in thee, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us thy mercy, that thou being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we finally lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. People of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the ten thirty AM worship service. Sunday school is available for all ages at nine thirty AM. These broadcasts are supported by the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.